This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. John Smith is America and poor Yukiko. Stay tuned as we discuss Man in the High Castle, Season 4, Episode 9. I'm Maria Menounos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey everybody, I'm Rachel Goodman and I'm here with Belle. That's right, I'm Belle Blankenship. Good to have you guys back. And we're here to discuss Man in the High Castle, Season 4, Episode 9. Um, Things are getting crazy as Mm -hmm. we count down to the finale, which neither Belle and I have seen. So we legitimately (laughs) do not know what's going to happen, but we... Our, we have all the theories, so yep. stay tuned, because we're going to do our special segments, including our news segment, our factual, uh, well, our historical uh, segment at the end, and our predictions. Yes. Belle, <laughs> we were talking wow. a lot about this yeah. a couple hours ago. Yeah, man. I, like, all I wrote for my overall thoughts was just, holy hell. Like, yeah. that, I mean, honestly, we, if, I'm, obviously we're not going to, but we could just talk about the last scene for the whole hour, but yeah. there's so much, like, I feel like this is the episode where really, like, ah, oh, it's just, there's just too much good stuff in this one. So, okay, because this is such a pivotal moment with John Smith, I almost yes. feel like we should talk about the ending first and go okay. from there. Because crazy. we had a lot with John where really all we, all all we need to really talk about with him leading up to the end is this whole thing with Gortzman. And how yes. he was summoned, we know from episode 8, he was summoned to Berlin. Right. I did not see this going well for him. <laughs> I thought he was a dead man. Oh, me too. Well, yeah. see, the thing, yeah, honestly, let's just get into it because yeah, it's too let, good. seriously. Um, yeah, so now once you see what unfolds in Berlin, for me, I was like, well, how long has he and Gertzman been scheming? Because for me, ever since we've met Gertzman, he's, I feel like he's either threatening or warning John. Every time they have an interaction, you're like, was that, like, is he on his side? And so then I think it was episode eight where, you know, Gertzman's there. He's like, you got to go to Berlin. And John's like, well, have a drink with me. So I first thought John was going to, like, poison him. But now that you see this happen, you're like, okay, this was probably them scheming what was going to happen in Berlin. And it, it's uh. crazy because we know that our good our good buddy J. Edgar Hoover – it, who we're going to talk right. about him tonight in the uh, history section. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that is the perfect song for him, by the way. Yes. And uh, <laughs> I'm just saying this now, but when it, when John Smith 
put took the knife to Jagger uh, Hoover, I was dude. clapping, clapping. I was like, yes, because that dude, <laughs> yes. he is going, like, he's a slime ball. Yes, and no. see, for me, like, I think, because we already know Hoover has, I mean, he betrayed John way earlier. So for me, and this just really, I think, shows so well, uh, it, it's just so true to John's character. He's always one step ahead, because for, I always wondered why he kind of kept Hoover around because John's notorious. If he knows someone doesn't back him, he'll just, he'll cut them. They're <laughs> done for. So I kind of wondered in the back of my head, like, why is he keeping him around? He knows he's betrayed him once. Like, surely he'll do this again. But it's really, I'm like, well, if he hadn't, I'd like, it wouldn't have led up to this epic moment. So he knew, I guess, like, all along, maybe? so. And it, it's interesting because wow. we get it in clips. We've only seen pieces of conversations yeah. that John has had with certain people. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's brilliant the way that he reacted to this. And yes. I think like that when um, Hoover came to him and said, we want to monitor everybody, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, can you let me set this up? And John's quick reaction was, sure, get it approved. Just like, show me show me your plan. And yeah. specifically because I think John realized that this mm. is how it had to go, that they, that, like, he mm. specifically wanted um, Himmler to mm. see him, say, to hear him saying certain things, um, and that yeah. they would call him in, but certain things. So, like, the real yeah. plan, John found a way to, to talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline talk about it and get it set up without anybody mm-hmm. actually knowing. But what I find mm-hmm. interesting is that we, the viewer, only were led in to believe yeah. certain things. And I kind of love, like, a, love a show doesn't always get away with executing it yes. this way. But in this particular case, the execution uh, was flawless. Absolutely. Like, I literally never, and I love the scene where John approaches Himmler. And just that, really, it was that moment where... John's like, I never loved you. I saw you as a petty little tyrant. You're just a, a failed chicken. For like, I was like, what is going on? Then he kills him. And I was sure when he walked out the doors, he was going to get arrested. And I thought that this wow. was, when we first saw it, I thought this was John's um, way of saying, I'm America. I am not mm. Germany. I'm not doing these terrible things anymore. Like, yeah. I thought that he had joined... Um, the revolution and that he was dead yeah. and, that, and I thought that the reason he did it was because he knew he was going to die anyway. Yes, I thought this was like his last stand. So yeah. I was like, well, what a way to go out. He just killed Himmler. He's about to get arrested and then when you see that this has, so for me, yeah, before we have this big reveal, I had thought I was like, wow, well now we can see that maybe he should not have been so loyal to the Nazis for so long cuz now it's screwed him over, but in reality, it's probably a good thing that he stayed loyal for so long or else he would have never been able to pull this off. He could have never built the... I mean, like, Himmler literally said he felt like John was a son to him. So, in a way, again, John's always one step ahead, and it was incredible that they pulled off this feat. So I I cannot say enough 
amazing things about the ending for this yeah. for this episode. Well, I think what really stood out to me is that he he was five steps ahead of everybody. Yes. And he had this deal with Gertzman that we would have never known, but I, I feel like if we go back and we look, everything yeah. was kind of a planted seed. And yeah. so the question now, and I'm just going to go ahead and, and go here, even though we'll talk more about sure. this in predictions. The question now is, we don't know Gertzman that well. Mm-hmm. From the outside, obviously he's a member of the Nazi party. Mm-hmm. Obviously he, we would, we would guess that he has similar ideas yeah. as anyone in the Nazi party. <clears throat> but the question is, is that just a front? Could we potentially see that these two men are actually going <clears throat> to bring the world back to something that we had seen previously um in you know in ordinary well not ordinary but the america that we know um and that's my other question with john is he has always struck me as an american first beyond being a german and himmler and the group pointed that out when Mm -hmm. they were talking about who they wanted to lead um the operation to get back the Northwest. Yeah. So, and they really, spe- they specifically said to John, mm-hmm. you're not really Aryan. You're American yes. first. And so they really pointed that out. They, mm-hmm. and they, they stressed the whole, like that, that ideal man who should be running. Right. And that was my question too, is that maybe it's that John <coughs> wants to bring back the America that he knows, or maybe it's because he understood mm-hmm. that in Himmler's eyes, Regardless of Himmler saying that he's let, he thought of yeah. him as like a son, I don't think that John really believed that. I think that he understood that his mm-hmm. place would never be with the Germans. Yes, and I think uh, Himmler makes that con- – or one of them during that meeting basically, you know, says to be the master race. So I think that actually to me alluded a little bit to in, the la- in our last show with Rich how he kind of mentions just even within these different groups, you have all these factions. So – you know, even in the Reich, it is clear that, you know, American Nazis are not on par with Berlin Nazis. So to me, after he said that, when he kind of referred to this master race, it, it almost seemed like a resistance would be inevitable because there's just no, I mean, if they don't, if they're not eye to eye, it's not going to work. And yeah. I mean, we saw that happen with the JPS multiple times, you know, kind of these like inner wars just within that regime. So yeah, I think that was – and I do hope, that's my hope, is that, that now we are finally going to see John, you know, tap back into the American way. Maybe he will restore – because I think as we had kind of um, discussed the last one, this whole time John has really just been trying to survive. And, yeah. he, you know, so him building his way up in the ranks was the only way he could keep his family safe. So for me, I'm just hoping – that that truly was just a way for him to survive and he hasn't actually bought into the philosophy or he doesn't or he doesn't go into this like power trip so of course, you know, there's only one what episode left, so I have no idea. And that's <laughs> my that's my concern is that we yeah. it's the next episode's 58 minutes. If this is I feel yeah. like the I feel like it's either one of those things where we're going to find out that John yeah. Smith has been on our side the whole mm-hmm. time. Or no, he's power hungry and he needs to. He'll his ending will not be good. Yes, um, I feel like it, it's very polarized. It's going to be one or the other. Right. Um, now, my other thought: when mm-hmm. we so we go back to America, we mm-hmm. see what this looks like for John to take over as the you know yeah. um, American Reich, yeah. as they're calling it. <laughs> um, what I found fascinating mm-hmm. is outside of there being a swastika on yeah. his arm. The American flag, like, we really, like, in other shots, 
they I felt like they focused more on the Nazi flag and the, and the yeah. swastika. In this shot, we actually get a full American flag. Uh-huh. And so I found that very, very interesting. Yeah. It almost felt like a man who was leading America. Who was coming back. Yeah. Oh, now, I like that. Yeah. But what I what I found especially interesting mm-hmm. is with Helen. And we'll, we'll get to her next. Yes. Because she had a lot <clears throat> this episode. Oh, yeah, you. man. But with wow. Helen... When she goes in and she just wants one moment to talk to him privately and yeah. she doesn't seem to get it, when the other men kind of push her out and the doors close on her, it mm-hmm. reminded me of The Godfather in that yeah. moment when Diane Keaton's character gets pushed out and she yeah. suddenly realizes, I I have no say. I'm not mm-hmm. with my husband anymore. Like, things are different between us. He's no longer mine. Yes. And I think that, obviously, with John, it's different mm-hmm. because it, he's he's been pushing Helen away for a while now. Yeah. And I think that is one, and this may kind of go into prediction territory, but That's for right. me, I'm like, <laughs> well, we've already crossed those lines. Yeah. So, yeah, I think what I'm a little nervous about is, like, we're finally seeing John step in this position where he may actually be the good guy and like once and for all, but now there's this dissonance because Helen only has the information that Juliana has given her, which is like that John is a liar. He's not really to be trusted and basically asking her to more or less murder her husband uh, for the sake of millions of lives. So I'm a little nervous that like Helen's not going to get the word in time and she might end up giving up John right before John actually tries to do something good. So yeah. I am a little worried. And I that's why I'm hoping like maybe they'll get in touch or something. Because well, I, I mean that's that is so I'm hoping um it doesn't go that way, but I'm I'm a little nervous that's where it's headed. I'm concerned that I'm concerned with the idea that Juliana believes she needs to kill John to fix all of this. I'm not quite following yeah. her logic there because it's like Hydra in, in Marvel. You cut off one arm Good point. and like five more grow back. Yeah. You're right. And I think so, that might kind of go back to where she has that dream about the portal, like, go in. Like, it basically shuts down. So, to me, it seems like, what need, yeah, it's not that a person needs to be killed. It's that this entity really needs to die. So, yeah. I'm hoping, yeah, maybe she will change her tactic or... If she finds out what's happened, that maybe she will just go to the source and kind of figure out how to destroy this portal rather than this man. Because anybody can, you know, step up in his place and make this whole thing all over again. So I I didn't think about that. But, yeah, I do. I think it is a little flawed right now. Um, It always made sense until now. And now we're like, I don't know if. That's really the right move. Yeah. And then speaking of the portals, what I also find interesting is that we've seen Juliana, I think in the last couple of episodes, Mm -hmm. where her dreams are connected to the, it seems like her dreams are somehow connected to the portal. Mm -hmm. To me, what wasn't clear is if Mm -hmm. she, because of her ability to travel, is somehow like setting it off. Or if she's mm. feeling that something is off with it because she's a traveler in the sense that maybe other worlds are trying to come into oh, yeah. this world. So they they haven't told us that That's yet. That's true. Yeah. And that was something, yeah, we had talked about because I, you're right. Like this world is only entering the alt world. It's not reverse. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't. My thought is if, and I don't know that the other worlds. Even you would though. think though that there's another John Smith, like sure. a, like a, you know, 
thousands of them, yeah. and that another John Smith would know what this John Smith is doing, potentially, yeah. because he's doing similar things, yeah. and that he would try to get in, maybe yeah. through this portal, maybe through another portal. Um, it just, you would think, like, my question is, mm-hmm. if these worlds are all connected through this one area in the Poconos, or if it's, if that's yeah. not, because if this is the one connection, then why would other worlds not also be doing the not same thing? Not be coming back. I've yeah. Kind of, yeah, or like, why aren't there films from like the Nazi world making their way there. So yeah, it seems like there's got to be somebody who has kind of tapped in. Yeah, that's actually a good question. I never really thought about that. Um, So of course, yeah, anyone watching got any theories, throw them our way, comment below. Um, Yeah, and so kind of just to also go back to Helen, um, of course have that epic scene at the women's clinic. Um, Yeah, that one to me... I feel like she is really, really, I, for her, I don't really know what she will decide to do because once Juliana basically tells her, once you've seen the films, it changes everything. So she says, you're going to have to make a decision too. It's, of course she says, he's the father of my children. How can I do that? Blah, blah, blah. And then finally we see Martha die, which I'm so how was done with her. She was she was the worst. I was scared for Wyatt too. I was too, especially when she stabbed him. I was like, he's done. Because um, we know yeah. what she's capable of. Yes, yeah. we've seen it. So yeah. that to me was a crazy scene. Um, I think yeah. with um, I love how they handled it with Helen though, because it's just yes. hard to it's. Hard, Yes, she's been in the neutral zone. Yes, she is no longer the mm-hmm. same Helen that we met in season yeah. one. But she yeah. is still someone living in this world. And mm-hmm. for her to see those things and yeah. to see what could be and to have this meeting with Juliana, it, it's just she still needs time to process all of this, especially yeah. coming to terms, I think, not even with what she's learning, yeah. but seeing that other version of herself, seeing how she, how John is with her, yes. she could sense that this was a different man, and I feel like mm-hmm. that might help her come to terms with come being to able terms. to say goodbye to this John. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I feel like she is really kind of between a rock and a hard place right now. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that was – and I'm glad that the way that Juliana approached her also, it wasn't aggressive. It yeah. was just, look, you need to make a decision. I hope you make the right choice. And, of course, they kind of got cut off with – also, it was kind of convenient that they had, like, a crematory, like, a place to burn her body right there. So, so that was, I was like, huh, that was an interesting addition, but glad it was there. So, yeah, I think that's why I'm most looking forward in the finale to see what Helen decides, because that cannot be an easy decision. Of course, I really, I feel like I could respect her either way. I could respect her for sparing his life, just because how do you... Mur- you know, have your husband murdered, but of course I would respect her even more if she didn't because then she is kind of doing this greater good, which I feel like she's been trying to do ever since she was in the neutral zone. Yeah, and and Jennifer too. And, yes. And also, I mean, clearly yes. John is now control of America. Yeah. So all those tapes have been mm-hmm. done away with. One of the things that stands out is when Helen mentioned to him about their their apartment being tapped. And what we had seen is that Bridget actually is the one who told her. Yes. I'm so glad you mentioned because I had predicted like three or four episodes ago, I think, that Bridget was going to 
I thought she was going to be like a snitch, but I didn't realize she was actually going to be forced into telling. So that to me was more, it made me feel better knowing that she did, because she even said like, they're like a family to me. So that scene was really sad too. And I love how, <laughs> I love how J. Edgar Hoover was like, but you have your own family. Yes. Yeah, how uh, I know. <laughs> so that was, so I'm like, it's cool that my prediction was right, but it was sad that that's how it, transpired yeah um another thing that just now kind of segueing into a different um different topic would be the bcr we are now seeing that they are control in control of this new government and one thing i one scene i really love is when the vigilantes come they're like hey you have keto we want them and she says, no, we're giving him a fair trial, even though, like, he, they've, he's never given anybody a free trial or a fair trial. And to me, I feel like that just really shows how much she wants to change this new world. And I think that was also evident in the opening scene when she's with Elijah in the JPS room. And Elijah, he just feels a little off about it. He just wants to gut the place. And he said, you know, we could fit up to 10 comrades in here. And I was thinking she would kind of oppose that and say, you know, why can't we have our own space? But she agrees. She's like, well, if that's what you want to do, let's do it. So it just kind of shows she is always, at this point, I think she really wants to start anew. So even the people that she hates or they all hate deserve a fair trial. And I think another thing, I think it was in the last episode where they start to hang Keto and then the BCR save them. I feel like that was interesting that they did like an attempted lynching because obviously that is such a sore subject. So I think that almost was, it was like, it doesn't matter who it is. It's wrong and it's disrespectful and it's humiliating. So I thought just that the way, cause they could have ki- tried to kill keto any number of ways. And the way that they do it that way, I thought was, it was, it was very cool to see that and kind of see how the BCR reacted to that. So I so- I definitely have a few things to say, and yeah. then let's definitely touch on Yukiko as well. Oh, and she'll of dance, course, yes. They're around all of oh, this, yeah. <laughs> but first, what yeah. I find fascinating is that one, like the last, I would say, episode eight and nine, they mm. really showed us what it meant for Japan to evacuate San Francisco. Mm. Yes, and then we see in nine, we saw the long lines going up to the boat. We saw yeah. everybody was in a rush um, to get out of there, and also that we kind of see. Not only the BCR trying to figure mm-hmm. out what they're going to do, how they're going to get running water, etc., yeah. but we also see like I don't know how else to describe them, but like mm-hmm. you know these like Caucasian males yeah. who are stepping up, and you, I can just feel the racism coming from yeah. them. Like they they strike me as the typical like 1950s, 60s yeah. people who are going to cause who are going to wreak havoc, yeah. especially for any Japanese person who happened to stay behind. Which is yes. why with children. In that moment, oh. one I was I kind of expected that the they were not going to let Sheldon get on the boat. Yeah. That made sense to me. It does not surprise me that they gave mm-hmm. him that problem. What I what really like especially pissed me off is yeah. when they were offering him all these things. The the, mm. the guy like the guard, and he kept them yes. with no intention of letting okay. Sheldon get on the boat. That broke my heart too because that's the, I was sure. I mean, what makes me the saddest is now Yukiko doesn't have anything to remember Sheldon for. So it I, that scene was so devastating, and it almost 
did kind of make it seem like was the crown princess a little too optimistic because obviously she get she gives him his free ride of passage and the guards. So I, I'm kind of concerned, like if she really thought they were, they would have let him, you know. Now this could be coming from the fact that you know a couple hours ago we mm-hmm. had the interview with Mayumi. Yeah. I feel like based upon what we learned from her about the character, yeah, that there's certain things that like she's a very she can be very innocent in a way yes. because she is sheltered in not that she hasn't seen anything, yeah, she definitely has, but certain things she has just she just she probably. Like, I get the feeling that she would yeah. expect people to act more genuinely and more mm-hmm. um, more acceptingly than they might in this yeah. case. And so I think that she had every intention of whoever the guard was letting yeah. him on the boat. Um, what I think is incredible, though, is Childan, mm-hmm. he recognizes or recognized that yeah. if Yukiko stayed with him and they were together, that those white, the you know, the Caucasian Yeah, dudes, the vigilantes. Yeah, yeah, like that they were going to go after her or him or both of them yeah. and that either way like if they stay it's not going to be good they can't go to the Reich yeah. so the whole thing is that essentially if she stayed with him they mm-hmm. would most likely both die but sending yeah. her away at least one of them will live yeah it just seems like children always get screwed by the just the JPS like no matter PCR too yeah he really gets screwed by everybody but to me I feel like he always tries to come back to the JPS or kind of this Japanese lifestyle and it always comes to bite him later and I think it kind of goes back to that line that Yukiko said in a previous episode where she says you know you have that American optimism and even here I I think she kind of bought into this optimism too that it could actually work, and yeah, that scene was devastating, and another scene I thought that was very touching, too, was when Kido was in the gas room, and he has that moment kind of seeing his, mm-hmm. seeing Toru beside him as a kid. That moment to me was heart-wrenching, because you can really just see, I feel like now we can really see the guilt. He's having to come face-to-face with his guilt, because he's in a room all by himself. He has all this time to think. And I feel like he really regrets forcing his son to go into military. And he just wishes it, life had gone a different way. The The most interesting thing I found about that scene in particular yeah. is that Keto, he, at first, when he's imagining his little son, mm-hmm. at first, when the son says, oh, I want to get into baseball, Keto starts to say, no, you're going to go into yeah. the military, be a soldier. But then he backtracks, and That's I think true. that finally he's starting to realize that he yeah. shouldn't have forced his son into something. I mean, obviously yeah. it was war; like he probably would have, right. you know, been forced to join. The, but that the is kind of true. I feel like that kind of switch because you're right. That did kind of throw me off when he suddenly starts to because they have a tender moment, and then he's like, "No, you have to join the military." So it almost maybe that's sort of a manifestation of kind of the front he always has to put and this kind of duty, duty, duty mentality he has and then him just kind of shaking himself and realizing, like, what am I doing? And then when he brings up the baseball. So even then, you know, he in that tender moment, he didn't really have to do that, but it's almost like that's his that's his automatic response when it comes to kind of unrealistic things like that. So that, you're right, that was kind of a cool 
thing that he does at first and then he backpedals and is like, actually, what am I doing? I'm still doing it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah. just want to mention one more thing and then we can get to our segment. Sure. Um, but the the major thing that I'm very curious about mm-hmm. when they drop the leaflets and we know that first yeah. it's like we think it's bombs. I am curious, mm-hmm. I, like I'm very curious, and this we can save more for predictions yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. But what they're gonna, what the Reich is gonna do now that John Smith is in charge? Yeah, and I was also wondering if maybe the Nazis, would, or if the Yakuza are gonna come back some way, because we already had Okami, who was in the Yakuza, approach the BCR, basically saying you need us to yeah. get your power back, your water back, everything. So first I was wondering if maybe the BCR would ally for that sake, but now I'm wondering if maybe the Nazis would ally with the Yakuza just to kind of isolate the BCR. So, yeah, I thought that was actually a very cool way to start that. I think that was even more moving to have the leaflets than it was just to drop bombs everywhere. So, yeah, they uh, really, the opening and the ending scenes were fantastic, man. Absolutely. So... Before we move on, did you yes. have any other final thoughts you wanted to give for the episode? Um, actually, I do have uh, like two things, quick things. Yeah. One thing I noticed when Children and Yukiko were packing up their things yeah. is Children kind of went back to his old way where he just, he's like, we got to get all these collectibles. <laughs> like he went for a while. We're like, all right, he doesn't care. <laughs> well, I think the only thing yeah. there is that he was ensuring their financial future. And he um, thought, I don't think that it was so much he wanted to open up his own business. Um, he probably assumed, well, if we do this, in J- if we sell this in Japan, it will give us enough so we can find That's a place. Good. You know, that actually makes me feel better yeah. because I was like, I don't want him to go back to this. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, then that would make sense because yeah. then it's like he still doesn't really care because he'd, he'd just sell it to do well anyways. Yeah. Um, um, who knows, though? He, pro- he could have ended who up. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. And then I think um, the other thing I had was... So at, when we first see Keto in the gas room in this episode, I think one moment, that was another touching moment to me, is when we hear kind of over the TV that the last Japanese ship is sailing out, which means he is kind of utterly alone at this point. And then you see that he's watching and singing the anthem, and that's the last JPS broadcast. And once it shuts, he kind of like shudders, and it really, it just... It's like he is really alone. And it was almost like even the the TV has left him. He has no one left. He has no idea where Toru is. So really that like this that scene just made me hurt for Keto. And I feel like we as we talked about, we love him and we hate him every episode. Now this one I just I pity him so much. I'm at a point where I like Keto. Yeah. Obviously he's done things, but Yeah. Um, I feel like he has the arc that we've seen with him. Yes, has, he's he's redeemable. Yeah, he has done. There's nothing that he's done that has you know that isn't any worse than any other. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's go ahead and get to our news segment then. Ooh. All right. That's, That's me. <laughs> all right. So I have one little piece. Um, Rufus Sewell, who plays John Smith will actually be starring in an upcoming series called The Pale Horse, which is set for screens next year. Um, This two-part series is adapted from the Agatha Christie novel of the same name. I love Agatha Christie. I have not read this one, so I'd like to before I watch it. And the synopsis is that when a murder investigation is launched into the death of a young woman, a mysterious list of names is discovered in her shoe. 
prompting an inquiry not only to find the killer, but also to understand the list of names. So Sewell is actually going to play this widowed antique dealer. His name is Mark Easterbrook, who investigates how and why his name came to appear on the list. And Sewell actually said in an official release, what appealed to me about the script and this character was that the veneer of sophistication, of class and luxury is only possible if it's supported by a vicious, brutal underbelly. And wow. to me, I feel like that completely describes a man, the high castle, because <laughs> that's where John Smith's character is at. So, yeah, so that's just a fun little tidbit about where some of the actors are at right now. Awesome. That <laughs> sounds very interesting. Yeah, too. We check it out. Yeah. All <laughs> right, so let's jump to our true history section. Woohoo. Oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back. Yes, we're going to talk J. Edgar Hoover, the man, the one. <laughs> um, okay, I'm as we were talking about earlier, I am not surprised that this man that, that this is how they portrayed him in um, you know, in the Reich, considering mm-hmm. J. Edgar Hoover is a real guy, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the first director of the FBI, and there is his headshot there. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also, one thing to note is that if you're all familiar with Senator McCarthy and HUAC, which basically investigated um, people who were allegedly communist, mm. Edgar Hoover actually helped McCarthy during that time period Mm. if you've all read the crucible by arthur miller (laughs) that book though not set in the 50s and 60s actually was written because of the witch hunts happening in america in Mm. at the time uh, miller's contemporary time all right uh the other thing i have is from our chat from last episode we have hubby joe um, with his information. <laughs> I love that. Hubby Joe is Never my, change, Hubby Joe. <laughs> he's my husband in case no one knows. Oh. <laughs> uh, Hubby Joe said, John Smith was a former U.S. Army captain who joined the SS following the surrender of the United States. He became the first American to be promoted to the rank of um, Obst Grobenfuhrer. Thank you, Hubby Thanks, Joe, Hubby for Joe. that tidbit. We appreciate <laughs> it. And Hubby Joe, shout out to him because he is in the chat right now, too. All right. <laughs> All right. So let's jump to our predictions. Prediction. Your After Buzz TV predictions. And it's interesting to note, these yes. will, this will be our final predictions oh, yeah. that we ever do for Man in the High <gasps> Castle because <laughs> we have one more episode and the show is done unless they do a spinoff. Yes. Uh, so, so these have better be good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Belle. Oh, boy. Okay. So, as I kind of mentioned before, I have a feeling Helen is going to end up giving John, basically kind of giving up John to Juliana. But I think it's going to backfire. Something, I just, I don't see John dying in the last episode. I feel like he is just too central. I just... Too central role, too powerful. I feel like it may backfire, and then Helen might get killed in the process. Is what I'm afraid of. So that's probably my biggest prediction. As for Keto, I'm hoping that maybe Toru jumps in because we've already seen Toru kind of throw these martial arts moves, and you know he could probably fend off a few people. I'd love to see Toru like kind of save Keto or. Somehow, or even if there's a moment where they can kind of reconnect, even if Keto has to die for the things that he's done, I hope they kind of get one moment where 
it almost like it makes it worth it for keto. So those are my two big predictions. Awesome. Coming up. Um, I think that John Smith has been lying to us the entire show. <gasps> Whoa. I think that, okay. that is the big reveal and that we're gonna find out in this last oh. episode that he's actually been doing things to get rid of germ to get rid of the Nazis. And that he's oh. done crappy things, but only so that he could get to a better Ooh, end result. Um, I like that. So I think that he's got a couple things left to do. Okay. Um, that the rest of his plans, because we know that at this point he's trying to get his son. Yeah. Um, and I feel like if they do not touch on that, yeah. they, they're going to be missing a major beat that we've seen in season four. So my guess is that mm. this last episode is going to revolve on somehow either yeah. Thomas coming to this world or john going to be with thomas oh. um i think that juliana is going to go back to the alt world when she's done oh. with wyatt i think they're going to live out the rest of their days i think that nice. Childan is going to find another way to get to oh. kiko yes i'm hoping maybe the crown princess like Stet and nike of course we didn't ask miami if she shows back up but that'd be great if maybe she could come back in and or just, like, personally take children with her. Yeah. Because <laughs> probably the only way you could get over. Or if, like, Yukiko pulled some strings and maybe found a way to get him over. Or, or Kiddo at the end. Or, yeah. Because we don't know what his fate True. is yet. So I feel like if, I mean, not that Kiddo has a chance now, because I think even yeah. he feels like he's stranded. But in the event that he could somehow yeah. wire someone or, like, get in contact, yeah. I feel like he would eventually take pity on Childan. And that true. maybe Toru... Childan and Childan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Kido, Toru, and Childan. Could all go together. Yeah. My other comment. Yeah. This entire show, they have been teasing the N-word, nukes. Like, it is just. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I'm a little nervous that. I'm afraid that this ending is going to be kind of tragic. Like, I love. I want everything to just end happy and nice. But I feel like it would not really be true to the nature of the show for everything to end ha like a little optimistic i feel like something terrible has got to happen so yeah unless that's what i'm like is john gonna throw some nukes out <laughs> i don't I, know yeah i almost wonder and this was my theory last time that mm -hmm. they're gonna throw that the nukes are gonna destroy this world and Whoa. that they're gonna be forced to leave and then it's just oh and then maybe yeah. whoever can make it through the portal just that's goes it. through that, oh, I didn't even think about that. But that would kind of, that might just be the tragic ending we need to just feel like clean slate, start over in a new world. And it would be uh, a, it would be addressing, I mean, that's yeah. not a very good message to leave on. Because the idea, like to right. me, the idea would be to to show, hey, even in the worst situations, yeah. people can start over. But Good maybe point. not not with a nuke. But, yeah. <laughs> but you're right. To kind of like salvage what's already here yeah. rather than just like killing everyone else, starting clean. Yeah. Actually, I think it would be more redeeming if we could see that it is possible to to go back. Um, yeah. So, I, uh, yeah, I, this yeah. is going to be tough to know how this ends. Yeah. Well, all That's right. Good. I think that we've pretty much we hit exhausted the, the hot points. <laughs> Bell, where can everybody find you? Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. It is Beb and Chip, which is B as in Bell, E-B-E-N-S-H-I-P. And you can find me on Twitter at Rach Goodman or on my uh, author Instagram account at Rachel Radner Author. 
We will be back in two weeks yes. to do the final after show for Man in the High Castle. Um, so stay tuned. We come back after the studio is closed on January 5th. All right. We will see you then. Join us then. Happy holidays. <laughs> Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.